Matt Stapp, are you ready for a brisk, breezy, quick podcast? Not much to talk about this week. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. And on the list of podcasts and like things of that come with your Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscription, mm-hmm. I would make the argument, Matthew, that this episode of this podcast is probably it's like a top top ten, like I'd say it's top it's top three or four. Because this is a this is a this is a beefaroni because podcast. Because we do season previews, we break season previews yeah. up uh-huh. into This is probably week th- one is usually a must must mm-hmm. must visit. The playoff preview is mm-hmm. a must visit one. And then this one. This is 20, this one, 20 I'd games. I'd say probably coaching school. 20 games deep. Yeah, exactly. Because this is your state semifinal preview edition of Tap and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. Coming up here in a moment, all 20 games. Mm-hmm. A, in chronological order, your viewing guide for the weekend. Uh, in one of the biggest weekends of the Texas high school football season. The last big weekend of the Texas high school football season. It is. It's the last... State's state's very special. Uh-huh. It's a unique weekend. This is the last quote unquote normal yeah. weekend of football. This it's not the, really normal. It's only twenty games. This is kind of like the last weekend of the season, in the sense that there will be multiple games going on at once. Correct. This yes. is the last time. So So the breakdown we have uh one, three, Four. We have more on Thursday than I thought we would. We have six games on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We have four on Saturday and ten on Friday. Yeah. So, cherish it. This is your State Tune File Preview. We're going through every game here in just a moment. But first, Matthew, we will start, as we always do, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Carne de Campo. Carne de Campo. I don't know that's a direct translation. Sure. Thanks to our friends at Country Meats for being the official sponsor of the show. They're avid football fans just like us and know that equipment isn't cheap. They That's why they make fundraising easy and accessible to anyone from peewee teams to high school varsity. Head on over to countrymeats.com and use the promo code disc, uh, STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's promo code STEPP10 at checkout at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com. They would listen to a, I presume, two-hour podcast about the playoffs. Absolutely, they would. I think it's my guess is we're going to come in about two hours. It's my guess. Don't look at the timestamp right Buckle now. Buckle up, people. Don't look at the timestamp. Matt Step, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. There are 40 UIL 11-man teams mm-hmm. remaining in the Texas high school football playoffs. Mm-hmm. Matt Step, which team is averaging the most points per game of those 40? And which team is averaging the fewest points per game Ooh. of those 40? Um... Most points per game. I'm going to go with Gunner. You're incorrect, but only because you're on the wrong side of that matchup. Oh, Canadian. Canadian's at 60.7. Gunner 
at second at 59.6. That was close. <laughs> so you were very close. Uh, and then least. the fewest, Ooh. yes. It's the only team that's actually outside the top 250 in in uh, in uh, mm. overall. Is it time. Brownsville Vets? It's not Brownsville Vets. Or Glenrose? It's not Glenrose. Okay. Matt up. The answer is Port Nature's Groves. Mm. Port Nature's Groves averaging a measly 34 points a game. Yo, what are they even doing? What are they even doing? How are they even here? I, how do they, I mean, geez. Can you even imagine? I'm telling you. They're only scoring five touchdowns a game. So they, here's the thing. They've been held to seven points twice, and they're one and one in those games. Yeah, they had one of those was a win. Yeah. <laughs> they beat, uh, beat Fort Ben Marshall 7 nothing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there it is, your Texas High School Ball fun fact of the week. So normally this would be the time where we look back at last week, but uh, A, we've got to do 20 games today, and B, we're just going to talk about last week as we're talking about these games. Yeah, I think so. There's so few games now. So, um, so if this is your first semifinal edition, uh, welcome to Thunderdome. <laughs> um, Step and I are going to go chronologically through the entire weekend all 20 games previewing every one of them that's that's how we roll i already recorded the picks video it's going to be 36 minutes long and i just want to apologize to mallory hartley publicly oh Ma- to, mallory's bit so bitter right she now had to, she had to edit that beast she's got a picture of your of you up at her desk and she's like throwing she's, darts at it and <laughs> but that's just normal saturday stuff uh all right we will start i'm just gonna get this thing going we start Five o'clock Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's a very strange. I, I, it must be because they want to get back in, you know, it's in a, time. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's a little almost a businessman special here. Yeah, five five o'clock, o'clock Thursday in so Vernon. Kids in Vernon get out of school, walk over and watch a state semifinal at Lion Stadium. It is a two A Division One state semifinal matchup as the thirteen and one champions of Region Two, the Toller Rattlers, take on the fourteen and zero. Stratford Elks in I'll just I'll give this away for free we are starting things off with maybe the hardest game to diagnose of the weekend because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this game boy I don't even know I've, I've flip-flopped on this game so much um, it's these two teams are very similar in style yeah. how they go about things um, Stratford I think has the best player in Bryce Braden he, I've just been calling him a moose. Yeah, back there. I mean, he plays for the Elks. So, so here's he tracks. The, here's the thing about Bryce Braden. They're leading passer. They're leading rusher. They're leading tackler. They're leading tackles for loss guy, and they're leading sack artist. All five of them. He is Mister Everything for Stratford, and he is fun to watch. He's awesome. Yeah, and you know, last week. That Stratford's forty-six to six dismantling of Holly was one of the most impressive results yes. of the weekend. Maybe the most impressive result. I think. Of the I think all things considered, yes. H- Holly's only touchdown was a ninety-nine yard touchdown pass. Oh my gosh, is that right? Uh huh. Ninety-nine yard. Stratford turned it over on down to the one yard line. Holly, uh, Keegan Abel threw a ninety-nine yard touchdown to Deontay Ramon. Boy. That was Holly's only score of the game. So it's like one coverage bust, basically. Pretty much. Other than that, they played yeah. essentially a perfect game. Yeah. Uh, Braden had a huge game, uh, five, uh, five touchdowns total, three rushing, two passing. He uh, played great on defense. The key in this one was Stratford. Uh, they scored to make it 14-6. to six. Um, uh, They were up 14-6. to six. They got a touchdown to go up 21-6. Holly recovered. It's like less than a minute left in the half. Holly, Holly fumbles the kickoff. Stratford, the next play, scores a touchdown. It's 28-6 at halftime. It's, it's over. over. Yeah. It's over. 
Toller, on the other hand, uh, they're in a dogfight for a half. Marlon pushed them. You know, last year Toller obliterated Marlon, seventy-one to eighteen. It wasn't close. Peyton Brown ran wild. Peyton Brown's playing, but you can tell he's not. That's the same player. Yeah, not a hundred. They're not, relying a lot more on Isaac Blessing and some of the mm-hmm. other guys at Toller. But Toller's still big and they're still very physical. Yes, they are. And so they pulled away from Mart 42 to 19. Blessing had five touchdowns as well. Three touchdowns uh rushing, two passing. Um here's the thing that comes that, that I keep going back to in this game. I think they're very similar teams, mm-hmm. mirror images of each other. Two things that give for me give Toller the edge here. I think Toller's got more weapons. Probably true. School's roster depth. Mm. Stratford is dropping down to 2A Division II. Mm. They got about 165 kids in the school. Tuller's pushing 300. Tuller's going to be 3A next year. They're going to be a 3A school next year. I think Tuller's depth wears Stratford down. Both play that physical style, so depth is a key. I, I don't know if Stratford can hang for four quarters of Tuller. If they can, tip of the hat to them. They're an amazing team. I just think the numbers game wears on them a little bit. One game, one disagreement. Because I'm on Stratford. All right. I think they got. I think they got that guy. You got the single individual best playmaker. I think they are one of the first teams that w- actually matches up against Toller in the trenches. Because mm-hmm. Toller plays bully ball with you. They'll just they'll just run you over. Mm-hmm. And I think that Karsten Long and Bryce Braden can can uh, can match up with them. Agree. And I think that that defensive front might give them. I think I trust their defense a little bit more than I trust. And if Toller. you're going with playoff pedigree, Stratford's got the pedigree. Uh-huh. These, these sophomores won a state championship. Absolutely, absolutely. Including Bryce Braden, who was just a freshman on that mm-hmm. team. Uh, so this is. A, but here's the thing. Like I said, I agonized over this game. This is the. This is the tough. I think this is, of the twenty, this is the toughest game to call. Like it's a, it's a, it really is. It's a coin flip. It is a fun way to kick off semifinal weekend to a Division One. We'll now matriculate to 6 o'clock Thursday. This one in Lubbock at Lowry Field. Beautiful Lowry Field. It's a 2A Division II state semifinal as the 14-0 defending state champions, uh, Albany Lions, take on him. And he's got a lot of friends and good team around him. Mm-hmm. It's the 12-2 Sunray Bobcats, and there is no doubt about what the headline for Sunray is. Armando is Armando Luan, he's him. He's Superman. Yeah. He put the cape on last week. God, what okay. A, what a demolition of Clarendon. I'll tell you this. And and they're better than Clarendon. In my I mean obviously now in, in hindsight. You you mentioned the Stratford 47 to 7 win. I'd put this one Clar- beating beating winning a regional final by 61 points. Pretty impressive. Is shocking. Yeah. Shocking stuff. And I'll tell you, Sunray looked the part last week. Like if you if you want to believe, then you you believe in in Armando Luan. Yeah. And and, and by the way, give some credit to their defense too, which I think has been it's underrated all year explosive long. Explosive Clarendon offense. They held to six mm-hmm. points. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Luhan's numbers. So he's two touchdowns away from tie, tying Nick Gerber's record. Mm-hmm. For three total, from from breaking it for total touchdowns in a season. Now Sunray presents a different challenge than Colin. So Albany. La- I saw Albany last week. Mm-hmm. And they drilled Collinsville, fifty-two to fourteen. Collinsville just did not attempt to run the football. Yeah, and Albany just pinned their ears back and played coverage and shut Collinsville down. Let me tell you something. Sunray's going to run the football. Let me tell They're you. They're going to try. Let me tell you about something because I watched Albany. I watched a decent amount of that game until it kind of got out of hand. They do not miss tackles. 
They are. That is as sound of a deep. They're not big. Like, they've got a couple guys who, you know, got some size on them. Mm-hmm. But they all fly to the football, and they all, and they all tackle really well. It, it, was, it was a clinic. It was a defensive clinic yeah, last week. It really was. And Adam Hill, man. He rocks. He's got that dog in him. He does. He had a huge game. Both sides of the ball. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a problem on defense, too. Um, that's, I think, where Albany, I think, championship pedigree. They've got that guy in Adam Hill. This is all new for Sunray. Mm-hmm. I think in these big moments, you lean towards the championship, championship experience here. It's, it's strange to say, like, for maybe – Maybe the first time this year, I would say that no, that's not true. I guess they played they played Holly and Holly had some some stars. I was going to say like Albany's playing against a team that has the single best player. Like Luan's the best player in this game, mm-hmm. and he's he's he. This is an Armando Luan Cape game. Like just got to put it on, and you got to go out there and do something special. And if he does, he's legend. Like that's it. He's legend. He's minted. Um, but I think you're right. I tend to agree with you. I think the pedigree matters. I think the way this Albany defense is playing is just really impressive. Now, Sunray can, can go stop for stop with you. I mentioned uh, Julio Vieto, their, or Vieto, their, their defensive lineman. He's solid, and that whole defense is solid. Mm-hmm. If they weren't putting up 70 points a game, like they'd be, they'd be a team that like we were talking a lot about their defense. But Albany, I think uh, the word that comes to mind for Albany is complete. They look complete right now, and... That championship pedigree, I think, carries them forward. Okay, let's move on to now into the 7 o'clock hour. And we're going to start 7 o'clock Thursday at the Star in Frisco. Our first state semifinal rematch from a year ago. A 3 p.m. or 3A Division I semifinal between the Malakoff Tigers and the Brock Eagles. And you remember this game last year. Uh, it was 21-10 Brock. It was a, a, a Brock smothering is what it was. They just kind of took a pillow and they put it over over Malakoff's head and they said, shh, 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 shh. Mm-hmm. And they, they put him to sleep. Um, and I would say to you, Matt Stapp, that the story of this game is the same as the story of last year's game. Which is, the faster team, the better speed, belongs to Malakoff, with Jerry and Hall, Chauncey Hogg, and the beef, the physicality, the size, belongs to Brock. Guys like Brody Woods, Brett Tudor, Cooper Massey, etc. That's, is this, is this, it's more complicated than that, but if you were to winnow this down to one talking point... The talking point is, well, this is size versus speed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brock's got pr- plenty of si- uh, plenty of speed. Malakoff's got decent mm-hmm. size. I'm not saying that, but that's the real like the 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 headline in this game is probably that. He said to himself. Sorry. Realignment stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> President business stuff. President business. Um. So I saw Malakoff play last week. Yeah. And. Number one, I was really impressed because they throttled Winsboro mm-hmm. with ease, mm-hmm. fifty-eight to twenty. It wasn't even close, and you could see Malakoff's team speed overwhelmed Winsboro. But that's not to say they're not physical. They are mm-hmm. physical, but Winsboro's 
is not a physical football team, and you could see that. Mm-hmm. You could see that that they were not used to a team that that had that had that much athleticism, being able to cover their receivers in space. Those windows for Kyler Finney were not there to throw the football in. Um, Jerry Hall as a sophomore is a tremendous running back. Mm-hmm. He is really, really outstanding. And the crazy thing is, is he was probably going to be the number three back this year. Malakoff's top two backs got hurt early in the year. I think one in a scrimmage and one in non-district. And Malakoff just plugs in place. Mm-hmm. Talking to Jamie Driscoll postgame, he was very big on how physical they were. And you could tell that last year's loss to Brock still stuck with them. Mm-hmm. That they got out physical and they were they mm-hmm. were they were not that, that's been a, that's been stuck in stuck in the back of their mind all year. Brock shoved them in a locker yeah. last week or last year. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is, and and that's that's the the long and short of it. What I am interested in this one, and and what what really intrigues me about this matchup is how much these two teams have grown. Because for Brock, they're not the same team either. I think Brody Woods has given them a passing element that they haven't had necessarily in past years. They still got Brett Tudor, who's been fantastic, and their defense has been very, very good. I mean, last week against Paradise, they just—I mean—they just smothered them. They just went there and 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 did. It was classic Brock stuff of like we're two just, games against Paradise. They held them to twenty-one points, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I mean, they just smothered them, and that's a good Paradise team. Yeah, like Austin Gleason in the company. company. I mean, and it's you can tell how good Paradise is because Brock had been scoring seventy on every, putting seventy burgers up on everyone, and they held them to twenty-one points. So the chances. So so the question is. What has changed fundamentally from last year's Brock 21, Malakoff 10? And I'll tell you what it is and why I'm picking Malakoff. Just dial 281-330-8004. Who? Mike Jones. He's a good player. The quarterback for, for Malakoff, I think, because he started last year. He's grown up. He has grown up, mm-hmm. and he is a real threat. He is an additive to winning for mm-hmm. them now. I think last year he was a bus driver. And this year he is a threat, and I think running and passing, running and passing, and on defense. And I think the I think his growth is the biggest change in this game. And this it's up to him. I'm not trying to put it on one guy, but it's up to him to come through. And he's going to need to make two because if you can take the top off the defense, they just couldn't do that last year. Mm -hmm. And and Brock made him play in a phone booth, Mm -hmm. right? If they can take the top off the defense and give them that that threat then I think everything else kind of opens up for Malakoff a little bit more than it normally does, and it allows that speed to breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's the key. I think it's the Mike Jones game. For, for me, it's, 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 about, it's about the quarterback for Malakoff. I think they're going to beat him. I think they're going to beat him. I took Malakoff, too, in the combo of Jones and um, Hall and Hogg, that trio there. Tough to beat. I think so. I think I think. This is the year Malakoff. Malakoff and Brock, when they play in the semifinals, it's going to be a battle. They're one and one against each other. I think it's going to be close. And they're all, and that's the thing. They're all, by the way, they're all like 28, 20. I think the, the other one was like 28, 21 or 24, 21. Sounds like, like a, that, yeah. lo, a clo, mm-hmm. like a relatively low scoring close game. Don't expect this game in the 30s. No. That would really shock no. me. Yeah. I think 28 points wins this game. Yeah, and, very old school football game. And if Malakoff can get there, I think they can do it. But it's a fascinating game at the star in Frisco. We then move to the other 3A Division One state semifinal. Ah, uh, yes. 7 o'clock Thursday at SciFair FCU Stadium in Cyprus. It was just there, just there Saturday. The Barry Center, a palace. As it's a beautiful stadium. The 11-2 champions of Region 1, Region 4 rather, the Edna Cowboys, 
take on the 13-1 and champions of Region 3, the two-time defending champion, Franklin Lions. So this weird thing happened. I don't know if you remember this, but this was like a couple weeks ago where um, where we did our predictions for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and we, we, we all picked winners in each region. Mm-hmm. And in 3A Division One Region 3... Um, there is a uh, there's a team that's won two consecutive state championships. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, the mm-hmm. Franklin Lions, and um, and of our five selectors selectors, uh, a total of uh, let me check the notes here zero picked Franklin to win their region. The same thing happened in three A Division two region three also. It's yeah <laughs> region three is tough for us. It's like it's like we forgot now again. Okay. This is not to... First of all, we're just wrong a lot, to be clear. It happens. <laughs> it happens. The other thing is, Columbus and Hitchcock, I think especially Columbus, Columbus had looked so complete mm-hmm. that it was going to har- be hard to see somebody getting them, but obviously Lorena took care of it. Buddy, I am, I am, I'm here to report to you as a capital J journalist that Franklin is at it again. Yeah, they're back on it. They're back on their... I, they're back I on repent. Their I'm repenting. <laughs> I'm repenting, we're Coach re- Fannin. We're repenting to, to Mark Fannin. Yes, we're, we're um, repenting to our sins, to, to the slot T gods. Because last week against Lorena, vintage. Like, dust yeah. that bottle off and crack it open and let it breathe because that was vintage Lorena was the hottest team in Texas going into this game. Mm-hmm. Full stop. And Franklin just, just drilled them. Mm-hmm. And Jaden Jackson went nuts. He's a freight train, by the way. Good luck tackling. It, it, he has, that's a scary sight for a three A linebacker to have Jaden Jackson going downhill at you full speed. Like I remember at how two hundred and forty pounds. I remember the Franklin coaches and the Franklin fans were really excited about Jaden Jackson, the sophomore, and Jaden Jackson, the junior, is terrifying. Yeah, he's terrifying. Uh, but the other thing about them is that I think their defense has grown up. And I think that I think you saw that growth even since the loss to Lorena. Holding Lorena to twenty seven is impressive. That's a good Lorena offense. I mean, Braylon Henry had been going nuts on people. Mm-hmm. Great job by them to hold Lorena to twenty seven points. Now, I don't a- I don't know if this is Franklin twenty twenty two defense or Franklin twenty twenty one defense, mm-hmm. but it's pretty darn good. It's close. Yeah, I think it's close. And I think Braden Smith has been really good for them. So now they get a semifinal rematch with Edna. Edna won Region Four. Yeah, three Division One, two two semifinal rematches. Yeah, three. Uh, so, yeah, the same Final Four, and Region Edna wins Region Four again, and they do it by um, drilling Blanco into the core of the earth. Like they just they, uh, great year for Blanco, and and they pulled off the big the big upset the week before, mm. but this was this was Edna. Flexing its. This muscles. was the Edna team we thought we were going to see preseason. Yes. Before we kind of w- wonder what happened, they lost to Goliad. Right. They woke up. Cade Rodas had a big game. Jaden Clay. Jaden Clay. Rocks, That's the man. two. Jaden Clay's a four-year starter. Mm-hmm. He's been a, he been around forever. Rodas has been around. You know, Tyson Owens at, at receiver. DB is a good player. Fr- Edna's got a lot of pieces. Mm-hmm. The key in this game for me is the trenches. Edna's big up front. But they're not super athletic. Mm-hmm. Franklin's big and athletic up front. Yeah, I think Franklin Franklin had their way with uh, Edna last year, forty-one thirteen. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little closer, but I just I just feel like it's going to be a comfortable Franklin win. I think they're just too too good up front. This this feels like honestly, and we're going to talk about this with another another regional final here in a moment. This is this three A Division one is a classic case where you have. I think regional identities. 
and regional-like profiles. Mm-hmm. Region 3 is the speed region, the athleticism region, and Region 4 is the power region, okay? And say what you want about it, but pa- speed has beaten power for the past seven years. The last time a Region 4 team won was 2016 Yoakum. Mm. Last time a, 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 a Region 4 beat Region 3 in a semifinal was 2016 Yoakum. That gap right now is, in my opinion, it starts at 14 points. Yeah. I think Franklin is about a two-touchdown favorite in this one. Now, Jaden Clay, you're right. Jaden Clay and Cade Rodas, they can absolutely do it. But as far as I have a hard time believing they're going to be able to contain Jaden Jackson for four quarters, I also have a hard time believing that Edna is going to be able to match up up front and score more than about 28 points. Yeah. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Because I think Edna in a title game, especially against like a Brock, you want to talk about a sledgehammer fight. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Franklin's got to be your favorite in this one. I think stylistically they match up really well against Edna, in my opinion. And recent history would show that Region 3 has the advantage. So, there you go. Let's stay in 7 o'clock. Stay in kind of that part of the world, actually. Yeah, Greater Houston. It's a 3A Division II state semifinal. 7 o'clock Thursday night at Randall Reed Stadium in New Caney. As the champions of Region 3 in 3A Division 2, the Dangerfield Tigers take on the 13-0 champions of Region 4, the Tidehaven Tigers, in a uh, really interesting kind of stylistic clash at first blush mm-hmm. and an interesting kind of pedigree clash, too. Dangerfield is in their first semifinals since 2012. I looked this up. That is actually one of their longest semifinal droughts in, like, the modern era. Yeah. Of, yeah. Dangerfield kind of became a power really after desegregation, late 60s. Late 60s, yeah. when they first really burst onto the scene as a statewide power, and they've been on there ever since for the most part. Exactly right. Yeah, they were – that's when they really kind of came about. And it's been – it's been 11 years since we're in a semifinal, yeah. which is kind of crazy f- by their standards. And they haven't been bad no. these past 11 years, but the third round has kind of yeah. been their ceiling, third or fourth yeah. round. It's been know. where they, they run into trouble. Tidehaven, on the other hand, in a semifinal for the first time since 1981. And there were a lot of lean years mm-hmm. yeah. between there. Tidehaven David, has not been a name to yeah. know. David Lucio's done a heck of a job there, turning them into a power in the Crossroads region. And this is this is heady stuff for them. I think I think the 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 headline on this game is I love the star power in this game. It is if you're like a prospect hound. Yeah, there's some. Three eighty two can kind of be hit and miss. Here, just show up at New Caney. Yeah. Um. Let's start with Tidehaven. Last week, against Poth, they were dead. They were ded dead. We mm. were carving. We were carving the headstone. For them. R.I.P. Here lie the Tidehaven Tigers. And then they rally from down at least 21 points. Is 21 nothing? Uh, uh, I, I, I couldn't find it was 21 nothing or 21 7. Yeah. I, well, know I know it was 21 7. Yes. But they rally, force overtime, force double overtime, and end up winning it in double overtime. And I mean, what do you say about Joseph Dodds? He is a workhorse. That dude is about as bell cowy as it gets. That they're going to turn and hand the ball off to the Baylor Bear Commit. And he is. I think he has been as consistent and dynamic a running back as we have seen in Texas this year. 
He's so critical to what they do. Yeah, he he's he's the head of the snake. Yeah, he really is. He has been really really good. Um, for Dangerfield, they win Region Four, Region Three, the high octane Region Three, and it's. I mean, now now that it's done and dusted, you're like, yeah, of course they did. Look at the playmakers they've got, mm-hmm. like Bubba Hampton. Chase Johnson, I, I I won't stop talking about this Chase Johnson kid, this quarterback. He's, he's been awesome. Yeah, getting him back. You know, he he was he was banged up. He was in a, involved in a car accident early in the year, so he, he was banged up, missed some time. Getting him back has been healthy has been huge because they there was some thought around Dangerfield when the accident first happened. He might not play the rest of the year. Jeez, well he's, he's get him back, and he's been he's been all one. And this sophomore Ashton Williams, their running back. The future is here. Like he is. Dangerfield's got no no shortage of dynamic skill talent of dudes. This is a style clash, though, as we mentioned. Tidehaven is much more. They can throw it a little bit, but they are much more three yards in a cloud of dust. They want to play ball control in this ball game, and lean on what has been, I think, a very good defense for them. In fact, like defensively, I want to look at their numbers. Um They've had one of the better defenses. They've given up. Uh, they have now given up a grand total of sixty-nine points this year. <clears throat> I'll say that again. Nice. Tidehaven's given up sixty-nine points this year. Their Sorry. defense. Has now been, my wife's texting me about hotel reservations. Sorry. Their defense has been spectacular, and it's yes. going to need I mean, to be and spectacular. Of those sixty-nine points, how many were given up last week? Twenty-eight. Uh, Twenty-eight. Yeah, exactly. Their defense has been outstanding. Yeah. Really, really good. They want to be, th- and, and it's one of those things where the offense feeds the defense, right? Offense goes on long, sustained drives, keeps her defense fresh. Defense comes in, does her job, gets the ball back to the offense, rinse, rinse and repeat. This is, looking up and down their schedule, this is pretty, pretty clearly by far the most dynamic offense they've seen this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, as far as a home run hitting ability, how long can Tidehaven keep the lid on Dangerfield? Can they do it for 48 minutes? Mm-hmm. That's the question in this one. I don't think so. I think I think the tempo gets to him. I think Dangerfield. There's too many weapons, and Dangerfield's. Th- this has always been a thing about Dangerfield. If they play clean, that they're hard for anyone in three A Division two to beat. Mm-hmm. And they've played clean football all four rounds of the playoffs. Yes. Now, does that mean they're due for a clunker? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I'm right now. This team seems to be playing at a high level and hitting a stride that 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 I think is going to take them to challenge the winner of Canadian Gunner in the state championship next week. Like Dangerfield's playing that well. They're playing really, really well. Um, I like Dangerfield, too. I think the weaponry is just a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for Tidehaven, if they lure tight, if Tidehaven lures them into their game and they hold, they sit on the ball for an eight-minute touchdown drive and then Dangerfield goes three and out, like, let's, like wake up. Mm-hmm. Wake up because it's, it, uh, it's game time. We will round out Thursday. 7 o'clock in Shenandoah at Wood Forest Bank Stadium. The very northern suburbs of Houston, Montgomery County. As the 14-0 champions of Region 3, the Timpson Bears take on the 14-0 champions of Region 4, the Refurio Bobcats, in a game that we've all expected. Yeah, we all had it circled. I've had this this preview written for six weeks. I've I've broken down all the film. Yeah. I've got flow charts. Okay. What I'm going to do now is I'm just going to pull up the the brackets just to make sure. Okay. Tap, 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 tap. Oh, my gosh, Matthew. What? (laughs) Instead, it's Timpson 
and the Ganado Indians. Josh Irvin over here <laughs> telling us to telling us what what's up. Okay. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. They turned a twenty three point loss into a twenty nine point win in less than four weeks. I went to Everman, so I'm not a math genius, but I think that's a 52-point turnaround. That is a shocking yeah. turnaround. And they kind of kicked Refurio's ass. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just not there's a whole no, lot. Nothing fluky about no, it. No, they were the better team by a pretty clear, by about a 29-point margin. Yeah, it wasn't fluky at all. No. It was a... And Refurio, Refurio's strengths. So Refurio, so I don't know if you know this. Apparently, Jason Herring went to Gunner this year and visited with the Gunner coaches mm. to try to kind of f- learn some of the things that Gunner does because he knew they were going to have to be, get past Timpson mm-hmm. to win a state championship. And so the the goal was to run a ball control offense to keep yeah Timps Timpson Terry Bussey off the field yeah. And it worked for the most part, except they, they except that also negates their advantages against teams like Ganado. Where you just have better, at, like, not better athletes, but like more explosive athletes. Refurio has more explosive athletes, but because Refurio decided to go, lean into this style, I think it played right into Ganado's, Ganado's hands. Mm-hmm. And it kind of bit him on the butt. Yeah. It's like you can't, at some point you can't revolve your whole year around preparing for one team. You have to do what, what suits your team. And... Refurio couldn't lean into the strengths they had in this game because they had been doing what they've been doing all year. And I think it bit him on the butt. I, I really do. I thought that the this was a defensive master class from Ganado. Mm-hmm. Defensive master class from Ganado. Their defense was fantastic. Scored two touchdowns. They had two defensive touchdowns. And their offense had great balance to it. Bryce Ulrich, their quarterback, was great, but Dylan Holt was the story of this game. I thought he was the real X factor for them. On both sides of the ball. On both sides of the ball. He was spectacular. Their reward for winning, for stunning everyone and winning Region 4 is a date with Timpson, mm-hmm. the number one team in the state, the undefeated Bears, and uh, the best player in 2A, mm-hmm. the reigning Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year. That's not an opinion. <laughs> like He's the best That's player fact, in 2A. He is the reigning Mr. Texas Football. And he put on the cape last week. He needed to because Timpson's not had – so at full strength when Timpson has everyone available, they've got three Division One skill players. Yes, they do. And Vosky Howard is out for off-the-field issues. Uh, and then J.J. Garner, who I don't know, he has, a, he has an Oregon State offer as a junior, mm-hmm. uh, got hurt pretty – did not look good. I, I, I will be shocked if he plays Thursday night. Okay, so we don't have any, any firm confirmation. Nothing official, but I'll be sh- – okay. looking at that injury, yeah. and he, was car- he was carted off. Yeah. I'll be shocked if he plays. But Bussy – so Bussy just – they just said, hey, let's make the whole plan out of Terry Bussy. That's, that's what they did in the second half. Mm-hmm. And he – he carried them to a win against. A, let me tell you, Garrison next year might be the number one team in the state in two A Division One. They're they're they were all babies, all babies, and they and they gave Timpson their closest games twice, twice, two by a pretty clear margin too. The close. I mean, aside from the Dangerfield game, yeah, Dangerfield, yeah, Timpson Dangerfield, which was by the way, it's still playing. Yeah, so yeah, Garrison Garrison might be the number one team in two A Division One next year. They're loaded. Now here's the thing. Okay, so. Terry Bussey is obviously going to be the central figure in this game. Even with the injuries, even with the injuries, he is not doing it alone, okay? They have a sophomore running back in Chris Nickelberry that they really feel good about. Their receiving core is still 
pretty healthy with Amari Bruton on the outside, right? Um, they've got dudes on the outside. It's not just Terry Bussey. No. But also, <laughs> it's going to be a lot more of Terry Bussey. Well, now. they have this cool trick when they get into a bad situation. They just snap the ball to a five-star athlete. Correct. That nobody else has. Yes. And so that is the challenge for Ganado. Mm-hmm. They have to contain him. And let's also, by the way, not forget that this Timpson defense is playing really well. Tyler Lane and company, yeah. they're playing really they're well. They're undersized. They're really fast. Yes. And, you know, Garrison, Ganado plays a similar style to, to Garrison and how physical they are, so I think Timpson's ready for it. I just think in the end, Timpson's got that guy. Yeah. And I don't think he's letting them lose before a state championship. And the other, here's the other reason why Timpson's going to win. Okay. I'm going to be there. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Timpson's undefeated when I show up. Uh-huh. Kerry Thurwanger knows this and mentioned it at coaching school this year. You are you. I'm apparently his good luck charm. You are you are uh, you are to Kerry Thurwanger what Mike Roach is to uh, to, to Jason, Jason Todd. Todd. Yeah. So <laughs> so yeah. So I, I so I told Thurwanger this year. I said okay because he, he he gave me hell about it. He was like, you come to our regional finals. We're we're three and zero when you show up at regional finals. You've come to two other games that we've won. You're we're five and zero when you show up. Because but you haven't come to a single semifinal and we're zero and three, so I said, "Okay, coach." I said, "I'm gonna come to your semifinal game this year." I, said, I don't care where it's at. I said, "I'm not gonna come see y'all at all during during the regular season." Yeah. So if, if y'all lose in the first round of the playoffs, then it is what it is. Yeah. So if y'all get here, mm-hmm. I'll show up. Okay, you're and going. I'm showing up. He knows. He texted me. He was like, "Good." Okay. <laughs> now, so, here's the thing, though. You know this, but I'll remind the audience. Region four has been Region 3's daddy mm-hmm. for a decade. A long I think it's more than a decade. 2012. March. 2012? March. March. Yeah. With, they're not even the same division anymore, yeah. okay? They, and by the way, they haven't been in this division for a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay? 2012 is the last time Region 3 beat Region 4. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen here. And I think you're right. I think in the end... Timpson has the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. They have the great equalizer in, in Terry Bussey. I think they make it to AT&T Stadium. And that will close out Thursday. On to Friday, Matthew. And it's a big slate, 10 games scattered across Friday. We will start 6 o'clock Friday at Wildcat Stadium in Abilene. For I think the first time ever, it is two teams have never played fourteen and zero Canadian against fourteen and zero Gunner in a three eight Division two state semifinal, uh, and it's Judgment Day. It is. We've been careening towards this matchup for fourteen, fifteen weeks now. No, 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 no. For, for a year, I guess. For eleven months. Yeah. <laughs> We have been careening towards this for 11 and a half months. Hey, what's the weirder playoff rivalry? This one or the Wichita Falls Ryder Lubbock Cooper? Mm. Now, Wichita Falls Ryder Lubbock Cooper were in the same district. So. Yeah. So that's the thing. They were in the same district. I would say this is weirder. These because are different regions. They, they have to keep playing. They have to keep winning their region, and both of them keep mashing their region. Okay. Mm-hmm. These two teams are a combined 28 0. And they are beating their opponents by a combined average of 53 points a game. Yeah, it's just utter dominance. It's been it's been just kicking the tar out of everyone mm. in their path. And we knew it was going to come down to this. And here we are. For the seventh time in eight years, we're going to get Gunner and Canadians, part seven. I'm here for it. 
Canadians got the number one scoring offense in 3A Division Two, mm-hmm. And we just talked about it. It's the number one scoring offense in Texas. And, dude, they are electric. Yeah. Cavalier is... Cameron Cavalier yeah. is awesome. And Luke Flowers is a true number one receiver. Yeah. They can run the ball well with Caden Crooks. They can do everything offensively. Yeah. Their offense... Their offense is better than it was last year. Agree. Yes. Hard stop. Gunner has the number two scoring offense in Texas, mm-hmm. or in, in at least in 482 or 382. And it's quarterback Walker Overman. They're using the backup quarterback Preston Tarpley too, like as a almost like a changeup. Yeah, this Gunner team offensively is still really potent, but they're getting it done differently. They're they're a lot more pass reliant yes. this year. They're throwing it a lot more this year. They're throwing it a lot more, and I, I wonder if it goes back to, I hate to keep bringing this up, but 2021, their last playoff loss when they lost to Franklin. And you remember, they kind of had to throw, and they kind of couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think they doubled down on that and got better at throwing it. Cannon Lindbergh's a certified weapon on the outside. SFA um, commit? Yeah. Yeah. And they're they have the number two scoring defense in three eighty two. with Braden Hinton leading the way. Um it, it's really hard I mean, it, like how do you split these two teams? There's no common opponent, mm-hmm. there's no anything. Um the game's always tends to be close. It always tends to be come down to the wire. Um I think only one of these scores has been a blowout. I think Canadian blew them out the first time they beat them. Now. Now, let me ask you a question. Sure. Last week, Canadian kind of dispatches with Wall. Like yeah, thirty-one twelve, but it was Wall runs it up. Wall basically sat on the football for a yeah. whole quarter, down twenty-four nothing. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't, you know, thirty yeah. Canadian. I think was also like, let's just get out of here. Yeah, we got to get ready for we got to get ready for Gunner. Gunner, it, if you want to say the first semblance of not weakness, but like just kind of vulnerability they bleed they bleed yeah jacksboro got him mm-hmm. jacksboro hung 33 points on him last week and by the way that's a good jacksboro offense give them a lot really of credit. Good really good jacksboro offense. offense canadians better yeah right is that a is that a concern <coughs> here's the end here's where i'm at on it this game's about one man <laughs> an overman Mm-hmm. Walker Overman, their quarterback. He broke Canadians' hearts last year. He did. That that game-winning touchdown drive. I think he is the most dynamic player on the field. And I think he comes through and Gunner wins by half a point. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a flip a coin. The computer, by the way, loves Gunner. Has Gunner by 10. Wow. I don't buy that. No. I don't buy that. The computer has Gunner by 10. I was shocked by that. Um, Here's why. Score game. If you're a Gunner fan, you're actually kind of glad what happened last week because you got exposed last week. They've got time to fix it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee those Gunner coaches are working all week. the The things that Jacksboro exposed, they're working on it, mm-hmm. and they're they're tightening some things up. They're making making adjustments so you get a chance to fix it. Because if, if those if those mistakes, if they wouldn't have been exposed and Canadian Canadian exposed them this week, it's over. It's over. Yeah, so they got a chance to fix it. So that's I lean to Gunner just barely. I think this is a Canadian wouldn't shock me if they won the game no, at all. Not. This is the only thing that would surprise me on either side is a blowout. I agree. I think this is a one score game. Yep. And it's probably going to come down to whoever has. I the mean, ball but last. both these teams have been scouting each other for fourteen weeks now too. They've known. They know. They've yeah. known. And um, and it's interesting. Uh, it's Andy Cavalier's first one at the at the helm. Mm-hmm. Does that 
change anything. Probably not, but that's just something that's, that's a little interesting. All right. We move to 7 o'clock, and it's our first 5A game of mm-hmm. the year. We're going to go 7 o'clock Friday night at a tiny little venue in Corpus Christi, Buccaneer Stadium, as the 13-1 and Smithson Valley Rangers will draw the 12-2 and Brownsville Veterans Memorial Chargers. By the way, your description of the bra- of the crowd at Sam Stadium on Bally Southwest was your whole call that highlight package was amazing. Well, thank you. Uh, uh, that was an asylum. That was, was an insane asylum. It was bananas. Yeah. Okay. The atmosphere looked incredible. It, guess what? It's going to be incredible in Corpus Christi, Brownsville Veterans Memorial. So Buck Stadium seats just over eleven thousand. And they're bringing in temporary bleachers, so we're probably looking at eleven five, eleven seven, yeah. just shy of twelve thousand. Uh, vets sold out their side in less than three hours today. Oh it's Monday. We're recording this on December fourth, Monday. Brownsville vets sold out their allotment, which is half the stadium, so about fifty five hundred seats, in less than three hours. Three and a half hours away. Three and a half hour drive. How long? Is that uh, about two and a half. About two and a half. Okay. And I guarantee you, whatever seats don't get sold, don't get snatched up on the Smithson Valley side, Brownsville veterans people are going to buy those up. They're going to be at the stadium early on Friday waiting for those tickets. Um, and they did it. They're here because of, an, like, a, a, honestly, like, a series of events that is going to live in Rio Grande Valley lore. Like, it's a legendary moment. Mm-hmm. As they're down 28-7 in the fourth quarter. Okay, it is Jover. Yeah, they're down twenty-one points to undefeated Corpus Christi Miller Ball Club, and they rattle off the final twenty-eight and score with twenty seconds Just left. Insane. Thirty seconds left. Now Dude, Miller helped them out. Miller helped them out. Miller turned the ball over a couple times. Miller but, helped them out. But a a shocking result. And Brownsville mm-hmm. Veterans Memorial is through to the state to the regional final, state semifinal to take on Smithson Valley. Here's it's not the final boss, but for the valley, it might as well be the final mm-hmm. boss. Mm-hmm. Okay, Smithson Smithson Valley, in so many ways, represents San Antonio and the way they go about business when they're really good, mm-hmm. and especially Larry Hills Ball Clubs. Here's what they're about: they are going to run the ball, and they're going to play defense. Yeah, and that's it. And they've got some explosiveness this year with Freddie Dubose. They've really started kind of like including him more in the offense. Um, Brad, but this was a Smithson Valley team. There was a minute there where we thought they were going to play A&M Consolidated. Yeah, A&M Consolidated ran out to a 17-0 lead, and we thought, what is, what is going third on? Third place Consol is going to play for a state championship. Yeah, but now that they roar back and they win at 31-24. So... Here's okay. Let's start with this. Smithson Valley is your favorite. Smithson Valley is, in my opinion, a clear favorite. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a path for Brownsville Vets. I okay. think there's a path. The path is ball control, which is what they do. Running the ball, Storm Montoya, and uh, God, what's that? They got a couple. It was Gilbert Trio who scored the yeah. touchdown, but uh, Alvin Trevillion, uh, Trevillion. <laughs> Running the ball, grinding it out, three yards in a cloud of dust, rinse and repeat, and then lean on the defense that's been very good for you this year, mm-hmm. led by Jaime Martinez. That's the path. Now it's a narrow one. 
and Smithson Valley. Smithson Valley will not be the most explosive team that they've seen, but they will be the 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 a physical as far as physical in yes. the trenches. They will be the biggest team they've seen. So PSJ couple, North is the best comp, basically. So a couple of things in this game that stand out to me. So this is this is you're right. This is the final boss. A Rio Grande Valley team has not played for a state championship since 1963. 63? I said 61 in the picks video. I'm wrong. Well, 61 is the it's state championship. Donna, yeah. But PSJA played for back-to-back state championships in 62, 63. That's right. But lost both mm-hmm. games. No one from the Valley has been past that point since 1963. So yes. we're talking. Is that 60 years? 60 years. So we're talking if Brownsville Vets wins this game, something that hasn't happened in 60 years. In a generation. Yeah. So that's the kind of heady stuff we're talking about here. Smithson Valley does everything that – so the things that Corpus Mr. Christy Miller doesn't do well, mm-hmm. Smithson Valley does them really well. Mm-hmm. They're the exact opposite of, of Corpus Christy Miller, except – They've got a dude out wide. Yes. Freddie DuBose. Maybe DuBose. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. I've always called him DuBose, but I've heard it might be DuBose. Uh, Texas commit. Mm -hmm. So they got that weapon out on the outside, plus they're they're good up front, they're sound, and they're good on special. Miller, the the bugaboo with Corpus Christi Miller has been they aren't very good in the trenches, Mm -hmm. they make a lot of mistakes, and they're, they're, they're shaky on special teams. All things that Smithson Valley is good at, mm-hmm. so I think they they their strengths are Miller's weaknesses, and that's why I think they're a tough matchup for Brownsville vets here. Yeah. I think a lot's got to go right. Yeah, it can happen, it can happen, but a lot's got to go right. It's gonna be a crazy, crazy atmosphere, and if they win it, if they pull off the upset Friday night yeah, in Friday Arlington, AT&T State will be fun. If anyone from Brownsville is listening to this podcast, <laughs> if you guys make it to the state championship game, please invite us to your tailgate. I don't care. Yeah, we, I don't care where it's at. Invite us to the tailgate. Yeah, we'll we will show up. We'll show up. We'll stay in seven o'clock, but we're going to matriculate to DFW seven o'clock Friday night at the at the Star in Frisco. The Star. A great man once called it the Star. A pair of twelve and two teams square up as the Frisco Emerson Mavericks. Second-year varsity program take on the two-time defending state two-time. champions. Led by Coach Two-Time. South Oak Cliff Golden Bears. Um, let me tell you about Frisco Emerson. Um, it is, they're the third Frisco ISD team to ever play for in the, in the state semifinal. Frisco High did it and Lone Star did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there is no secret about what they're about. It's offense. They want to score. They want to get into. They want to get turn, in track meet. If they, if they want to if they want to play first to hundred, they're happy to play first to hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mike Hawkins, Izzy Bills, ton of great receivers, good offensive line. Ever, their offense, woo, woo. They're a flamethrower. They are awesome. They hung fifty nine on Colleyville Heritage last week. A decent Colleyville Heritage defense. They hung fifty nine on them in a in a wild shootout win over Heritage. Uh, let's talk about Lovejoy. Let's talk about donuts. Yeah, <laughs> I like donuts. You know who else loves donuts? <laughs> South Oak Love. Yeah. Buddy. So we said it, if Lovejoy's going to beat so- Sock, it's going to be this year. 
And it's like Sock took that personally. Oh. Oh my and god. Just Oh my God. And just They launched them into the sun. They 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 bullied Lovejoy. Yes. They took their lunch money and then ate they sat there and then ate their lunch right in front of them. Lovejoy had no Lovejoy just had no stomach for the fight. And I think South Oak Cliff completely outcoached Lovejoy in every aspect. And they outplayed Lovejoy in every aspect. That that was in. It was a, It's not. It's it's not sixty one. It's not sixty eight seven or whatever Sunray did to to Clarendon, right? But it is as much of a demolition, and maybe more. If I'm Lovejoy, I'm embarrassed by that. Mm. I'm sorry. That was not Lovejoy's better than that. And oh, hey, hi pickle. Love Lovejoy is better than that, and I would be. That was that was disappointing. They got they got. Outplayed, outcoached, and they got asset, driven into the core of the earth. Every facet, um, but that's also cre- a lot of credit to South Oak Cliff because, like I said, I said it, this is not a South Oak Cliff team that's loaded with with five star, four star talent. Not like last year's team. This is a this is a, a really good high school football team that has a lot of really good players and a lot of worker bees who have come together and are playing selflessly, and. They're getting it done. The running game, Khalil Yule and, yeah. and, and Danny Green. I think William Little has really, really grown up as a quarterback. He's not making mistakes. He's not. He's taking care of the football. He, 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 that's exactly it. It feels like he's cleaned up his game. Yeah. And, by the way, their defense just took a Lovejoy team that was averaging 44 points a game. Yeah. And shut him out. Sent him home with the same number of points they arrived with. Delivered a donut. Okay. Deliver. And it Sox sound on special teams. They're really good on special teams too. Like this is a complete that team. That was that was Lovejoy's first shutout since twenty eighteen. Yeah. Okay. First really shutout in, in more than five years. We're in the trust tree, right? We can be we can we be are. honest. I have dug into this game. I think this is a brutal matchup for Emerson. I agree. I do not I do not think they match up well with South Oak Cliff. Mm-hmm. I think this is I think this is bad news because South Oak Cliff their defense is kind of designed to stop exactly the kind of offense that Emerson runs. Yeah. Okay? Emerson, like, I'm not sure they're going to be able to match up up front. And they have got the dudes on the outside to match up with their receivers. Um, and and the, the Emerson defense is... I mean, with all due respect to a team, maybe besides a team like Gilmer, right? Among the teams that are left in the playoffs, it's probably the uh, them. There's one other team we might talk about with mm-hmm. a, with a defense mm-hmm. about like that. That's not their game. They don't play. They yeah. don't, like they're kind of bend and only break a couple of times. You yeah. know, yeah. that's why I think this is a bad matchup for for Emerson. I think I think South Oak Cliff's a big favorite. Yeah, I think we're on the, we're on the same page here. Yeah, not trying not trying to bury anybody. It's been a great year for Emerson. South yeah, Oak Cliff, second year program. South Oak Cliff feels like different gravy. They feel like different gravy. And they're peaking at the right time too. Absolutely. Let's go. Also, they've won 15 straight playoff games, right? 16 straight playoff games. 16, yeah. 16 straight playoff games. Speaking of winning a bunch of playoff games, 7 o'clock Friday at the Barry Center in Cyprus, Cypher FCU Stadium. It is a rematch of the state semifinal from a year ago in 5A Division II. Mm-hmm. As the Port Natures Groves Indians at 13-1, and one, the champions of Region 3, take on the 10-4 and four Liberty Hill Panthers. And it's a purple party. A purple team will play in the state championship. Bold game. prediction there. Yeah, there you go. And uh, this is also a matchup of which team can stay in my Menchies the most. Yeah. Because, boy. Two very uh, spirited fan bases. Two very spirited fan bases is a good way to put it. 
Um, Poor Nature's Groves beat Huntsville last week, 24 to 14. I don't know about you. I never thought Huntsville was going to win that game during the course of that game. No, I think it was 24-6 for a long time. PNG kind of held up at arm's length. Just like, sure. They were doing the thing where they were kind of like kind of holding your head and mm-hmm. swinging at you. Yeah, Huntsville's like, like doing the windmill punch and yeah, not landing. Just yeah, didn't, didn't think it was going to happen. Um, I thought that I thought that this was – they were in control of that game. And it come like, let, let's just do away with any sort of, like, intro. This game is about one matchup, and it is the Port Nature's Groves defense mm. led by Jacob Cabrera and the slot team Yeah, for for Liberty Hill. Noah Long and Ben Carter. And they're they're doing that thing. They're rolling. They're, they're getting it going at the right time. Now, they didn't just they didn't, obliterate they, Piper. No. They jumped on him early. Mm-hmm. And then kind of held off, held Piper off late, mm-hmm. but they didn't obliterate him. No, um, I've seen Liberty Hill in the, in this in the quarterfinals throw fifty burgers. Oh like yeah, it's nothing. they'll do that with with regularity. They didn't do that. Correct, Piper, but I thought that the defense for Liberty Hill played really well, forced yeah. a number of turnovers, I believe, uh, and kind of pulled away from them. Now last year they played, and PNG held Liberty Hill basically. Like, they couldn't get anything going. They diagnosed the slot team. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to put a big asterisk on that because Liberty Hill was without two of their top three rushers in that their game. Two top running backs went out in the same play yeah. in the Flyer Bluff game right. the week before. Right. Yeah. So they were basically – I think I think Ben Carter might have been the only one left standing. Yeah. And at that point, like, you're playing with an arm tied behind your back. So how much is different? How much is different from that? I think the other side of the ball might pose a problem for Liberty Hill too, because for remember they also gave up what forty two last week last year to mm-hmm. PNG. And here's a spoiler alert: I think PNG's offense is better than it was last year. Yeah, their offensive line is just road great in people. Yes. They're just they're just bulldozing people right now. So and Isaiah Nguyen, they're running back. He's serious. Yeah, and they're 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 rotating two or three backs in. I think Shea Adams is still out there running around at receiver. Yep. Connor Bailey, the young quarterback, is playing well. This is a, a balanced PNG offense. I think Liberty Hill is better than they were last year, especially mm-hmm. at this moment. And certainly they're healthier. I think they're better than they were last year. I also think PNG is better than they were last yep, year. Yep, I agree. And it wouldn't surprise me if this game is closer. But you are also talking about Jeff Joseph at the helm of that, uh, the controls that defense. They have a great defensive coordinator. I think Matt McDaniels is your defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. And he's exceptional. Make sure I get his name right. I think that's right. Um, but, like, you're talking about Jeff Joseph at the controls of that defense is Matt McDaniel. And I think that with a slot T, which is based on essentially just diagnosing and attacking it, I think PNG's your favorite in this one. I think they got to be. Uh, yeah, I think so too. I think it's closer than it was last year. I don't think it's a blowout. But I think that PNG's got to be your favorite in this one. Let's stay at 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock Friday at C.H. Collins Stadium in Denton. It is a 4A Division I state semifinal matchup as the Anna Coyotes at 13-1 take on the Decatur Eagles at 10-4 in the ultra-rare, ultra-rare semifinal rematch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is – I would love to know the number of times this has happened. In a semifinal. Two teams who played in the same year. Yes. Yeah. We've seen title game rematches. Remember? Um, Jim Dead and Hallettsville. Jim Dead and Hallettsville is a rematch uh, in 2020. That godforsaken year. 
Um, and then uh, wasn't Grandview Malakoff? Was yep. that, that was a rematch mm-hmm. when they played mm-hmm. in the title game. Um, it's happened in title games. I don't know if I remember a semifinal t- uh, rematch. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. But it was, it was a great game. They played in week one, and, and Anna won a close one by seven. 38-31 was the final. Um, Decatur. They needed some magic last week. Decatur might have a little team of destiny in them. They, ha- they needed some magic last week. To get past Brownwood, but they win it, 38-35. And Nate Palmer is full strength again. Mm-hmm. He is looking the part. And... Buddy, Steve Huff, this dude. Ball coaching dude. This dude. How in the world? He keep he keeps getting away with it. <laughs> like, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. That's not to take anything away from him. He's an outstanding coach. I'm just like, every time you look up, it's like, oh, he's got a 10-win team. Yeah. Um, now, this is, it was, uh, you know, Nate Palmer has been fantastic. Anna. I think it's important to remember, when you look back at Anna, in the preseason, we were um, <laughs> we were we were really worried about their offense, right? We were really worried about replacing a number of key weapons that they had offensively. I would say there's no concerns with Zion Zion Dre Williams at the helm, mm-hmm. and Jacob Emmers and Edward Chumley. They're in a semifinal for the first time, but like they have answered every question we've had for them. Yeah, I mean, early in the year, but in the summer, we were like. Mm-hmm. Who's the court? Who's replacing Ethan Bullock? Yep. Who's replacing J, uh, Breezy, Dubar? Breezy Dubar? And those questions got answered. And his defense has been there all year. That was an impressive performance against Stephenville. They had the one hiccup in the Salina game that I was at mm-hmm. when they lost four, in four overtimes. <clears throat> I just think Anna. Yeah, I th- also think Anna's got fifteen hundred kids mm-hmm. in the building right now. They're they're a five A school playing four A mm-hmm. at the moment. This is an Anna team that I feel like. The China Spring win is what did it for yeah. me. When I saw them do what they did to China Spring, because they, they had kind of the last three weeks three weeks of the season kind of screwed around. Yeah. They had a one-point win over Paris, a close win over Sulphur Springs. First round of playoffs, they beat Wilbur Hutchins 17 to nothing, and we're like, man, is Anna broken? Something wrong? Yeah. And that China Spring win, since then, it's been up, been up, a, up. Yeah. Just firing on all cylinders with these uh, – you know, four straight playoff wins. Well, three China Spring round two. Who did they beat in round? Uh, Steve uh, round week. four, and I can't remember who they beat in round three. Now that's noble. Um, who did Anna beat in the third round? In the third China round. Spring round two. They beat uh, Panther Creek. Remember, they scored the touchdown. Oh the yeah. So the you, so the last three weeks they've beaten China Spring, Panther Creek, and Stephenville. Yeah, that's heady stuff. Yeah, that's heady stuff. I think they're going to zero in on Palmer. They're they're going to say Nate Palmer. You are not beating us. Not tonight. you. Yes. Somebody else. Decatur's quarterback, Jed Ro- Jed Ross. Mm-hmm. We're gonna take our chances. You got to beat us tonight. And and that if you go back to their first meeting, both superstars really took full took took center stage. Palmer ran for nearly 200 yards and two touchdowns. Williams 353 yards, four total touchdowns. And Williams did not have Jacob Emmers in that game. Yeah. Jacob Emmers is back. So this is who can contain the stars. For, for, for Anna Decatur. And I thought Anna last week, getting the running game going, yeah. getting that balance, mm-hmm. big for the Coyotes. Yeah. Uh, fascinating game. I like I like Anna to make it. I do I think, too. I think, I think they're your favorite in this one. Uh, it's an interesting game, and if only because it's, it's, it's a rematch, if anything. Let's move to Waco. 7 o'clock Friday night at McLean Stadium in Waco. 
It is a 4A Division One reg- uh, state semifinal mm-hmm. as the Tyler Chapel Hill Bulldogs take on the San Antonio Davenport Wolves. Another second-year program into what? the semifinals. And here's the thing. Remember about San Antonio Davenport. They were supposed to be down this year. Okay? They lost Shaston Golden. Okay? Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be taking a step back and falling back to the pack. But here they are. Quarterback Tristan Hamlin, he's fun. Mm -hmm. He's fun that Barrett Fallon has stepped up in a big way. And they've got a talented duo of wide receivers in Kyler Payne and Emmett Griman who are really good. They they manhandled Port Lavaca Calhoun. Yeah, so this is an interesting game with Calhoun. It was 20-20 at halftime. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think it was 20-20. I put... In the article, nine minutes left in the game. It was nine minutes left in the third quarter. So into the third quarter, yeah. In the third quarter, it's 20-20, and Davenport rattles off 35 straight. Yeah. A couple turnovers, trains tied to the game, but Davenport pulled away. Um, this is, I remember watching them in 7-on-7 seven seven and thinking that they had some good-looking kids. They were athletic. But I don't know. This is a tough matchup with Chapel Hill. Because Chapel Hill's – and I, I know I said this last year before Bernie played Chapel Hill – Bernie had a trick that no one could really deal with in four, and that was just to maul you up front. Davenport doesn't have that kind of size. They're very reliant on their athleticism as well, which plays right into Chapel Hill's hands, in my opinion. Now, here's the thing about Chapel Hill, and I think it's so interesting. You would talk about whiplash. I don't think that you could draw up two draw draw up two different teams to play in back-to-back weeks than Port Lavaca Calhoun and Tyler Chapel Hill. They Correct. are yeah. polar opposites. Agreed. Calhoun runs that double slot offense where it's just like, we're going to run this weirdo offense you've never even heard before. Mm-hmm. And Chapel Hill is like, what if we just took a bunch of dudes and just like, just just use our speed and get yeah. out and run? Chapel Hill, after that loss to Kilgore, they kind of changed their identity on offense a little bit. Mm-hmm. Went to some more two-back spread stuff, moving uh, J-Bo Cook mm-hmm. from receiver to running back. So you pair Cook with Ricky Stewart and Demetrius Brisbane in the backfield. It's like this three-headed monster in the backfield. Yeah. And they've taken off along with Chapel Hill's defense. Yeah, the defense is what's really impressive. They finally did kind of what we were waiting for, which is to put on like a real solid, take it to the bank, hang it on the wall, defensive just showing out. Mm-hmm. And they did it last week against Kilgore. I mean, the last two weeks, they beat... Chapel Hill, back-to-back weeks, has beaten Iowa Colony uh-huh. and Kilgore. Yeah, that's impressive. That's impressive. Here's the whole ballgame. The whole ballgame is whether or not Davenport can run the ball. That's it. In their, in their, 12, in their 11 wins, Davenport averages six and, a eight, six and a half, seven yards a carry. In their four losses, they average four, or their three losses, they average four yards a carry. Yeah. Can they contain the running game? That's it. And can Chapel Hill bow up? And get over this hump. Get over this hump. Let's yeah. talk about it because here's the thing. Third straight semifinal. Yes. And Jeff Reardon's 0-3 because he took Crosby to a semifinal as well. Yeah. So as a head coach, he, he knows it. He, he doesn't run from it. He's like, mm-hmm. I, we haven't gotten it done. And I'm, I'm right there. You know, yep. I'm, I, th- I think this is the year Chapel Hill gets it done. I'm not falling for it. Really? I'm going with Davenport. I think Davenport's got a little team of destiny in him. Okay. And... I think. Uh, I mean, the last time Chapel Hill played a San Antonio team, it, it did not go well. Exactly right. I, I was I was in the building mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. So. 
some demons could be exercised, or absolutely. some demons could be uh, could 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 be added onto. Absolutely, absolutely. It's an interesting game. It's a tough game to call. Chapel Hill and Davenport going down in in Waco. Then we're bounce back up to DFW seven o'clock Friday night at Children's Health Stadium in Prosper. Beautiful facility. It is a four A Division two state semifinal between. The Glen Rose Tigers and the Gilmer Buckeyes. Yep. The matchup we all had in the semifinals. Absolutely. Here. Everyone predicted this. Mm-hmm. Don't check the tape. Yeah, don't. Both these teams, I think, are really unlikely finalists say, or semifinalists for different reasons. For Glen Rose, let's not forget... They were one in four. And their one win was a one-point win over Gatesville. And we were, and I think the other thing was, and we had these conversations within our office where we were like, yep, because they got graduated super heavy mm-hmm. and they lost a ton, they lost a ton of star power. Um, you know, they, 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 Hudson White. Hudson White, yeah. all gone, stuff like that. Well, now they've rattled off nine straight. They blitzkrieged West Plains last week. Yeah, that was impressive. That was really impressive what they did uh, to West Plains last week. This junior quarterback, Canyon Evans. He's cooking. He is outstanding right now. Yeah. West Plains played like a – they only rushed three and kind of played an eight-man shell defense. And and Evans just had all, t- all day back there to throw the ball and just picked him apart. And it's a Glen Rose defense that's forced 28 turnovers. Okay. So you'll notice that this game does not include the other state semifinalists from a year ago in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilmer did it. I can't believe it. Yeah. I can't believe it. And then you know what? I wonder if Gilmer fans can believe it. Or their media. <laughs> or their media. <laughs> the Gilmer media. I, I bet the media is – I need to go back and listen to some of the radio calls and the some of the I – bet, I bet it was wild. Because here's the thing. It's not just that they beat Carthage, okay, in that, like – they beat the number one team. It's not just that. It is that they beat a team that had beaten them eight times in a row and usually not competitively. Mm -hmm. Like, Gilmer had been Carthage's whipping boy. Yeah, Carthage had, had humiliated them on more than one occasion. Yes, humiliated is a good word. Yeah. Go back to that title game in 2020. Gilmer runs out 14 nothing, and Carthage rattles off 70 yeah, straight. Great touchdowns, yeah. It's like, like it. How about getting little brothered? I know they were getting. That's exactly it. Little brothered is a good way to put it. Well, now, but they came up with, I don't know what it was, but they cracked the code their on the Carthage defense. Their defense was great. Putting Will Henderson on defense a little bit yep. helped. Caden Tennyson's been great. Will Henderson is as dynamic a playmaker as you'll see at any level. And we're talking a state champion 100-meter runner who's also a good running back. They're dynamic. Now, Gilmer's defense came up with big plays yeah. and big moments. Held Carthage to field goals a couple mm-hmm. times, a couple, couple of big turnovers. Here's the funny thing. So I was at Malakoff Winsboro Thursday night or Friday night. Mm-hmm. We were watching it. Me and Jared Moffat, the Van head coach, were watching. Shout out Vandals. Uh, the, this game on the tablet, and we hung around after the game because this game ran long because went to overtime. When it goes to overtime, he looks at me. He goes, "Carthage is winning this football game." Oh, oh, I'm watching when Carthage. It. So Gilmer, for those of you who don't know, Gilmer's up up by a touchdown, up by a point. Oh my god. 
They intercept the pass. They go down, get a couple, convert a fourth and six. Mm-hmm. Real gutsy call. And all they have to do is kneel it out. Carthage is out of timeouts. It's under two minutes left. All they got to do is kneel it. Carthage lets Gilmer score a touchdown to get the ball back. And what does Carthage do? March right down, down and score a touchdown and get the two-point conversion to send it to overtime. And Coach Moffat looks at me and he goes, Carthage is – they're not losing this game. Carthage is There's winning this no game. There's no way – I'm thinking the they same thing. They don't lose these games. I'm sitting on my couch and I'm thinking – the exact same thing, which is there's a 0% chance Carthage wins. Loses and then the Gilmer gets the ball to start overtime, and all they do is get a field goal. And then, you're, and then I'm thinking on my couch, there is no way Carthage is losing this game. Carthage is scoring in two plays. Abs- oh, yeah, m- maximum two plays. Well, the game ended in two plays. It did. But it ended with the Carthage fumble. Credit to Gilmer. That's Team of Destiny stuff right there. I think the Gilmer Buckeyes are playing for a state championship next week. Give me... Give me Gilmer over Glen Rose. I can't get over the fact that I just don't think Gilmer's defense is serious. I can't get over the fact that I don't think that their defense, I don't think they have a championship caliber defense. Mm-hmm. They, can, they can clip this and all they want, like, look at the numbers. They're 67th in 4A Division Two in scoring defense, right? Now, they've been better of late, but they still gave up 44 points to Carthage last week. I'm going with Glen Rose. I'm going with Glen Rose. It wouldn't surprise me at all if, if Gilmer won, but I've got to go with the team that I think has the better defense, and I think that's Glen Rose. And Glen Rose has the more consistent defense. That's where I'm at on it. It could be a wild shootout, though. I could see that. I uh, could, yeah. I could see it's going to get pointsy. I could see this game in the 40s or 50s. Yeah. It would be fun. All right. Let's then continue on. 7 o'clock Friday at Crusader Stadium. In Belton. Mary Harden Baylor. It's 2A Division II action. We will set the 2A Division II title game. This game's been playing on Friday, which is interesting. Considering they got to turn around Very and interesting Thursday morning. Yeah, their title game's Thursday morning. So As the 13-1 Chilton Pirates, the champions of Region 4, take on the 14-0 champions of Region 3, you're never going to believe it, the Marpings. No way. No way. So this is actually, I looked this up, I forgot this. This is a rematch of a quarterfinal back in 2021. When Chilton was in Region Three, mm-hmm. um, and you're never going to believe it, but Mart won that game pretty uh, handily, right? Mart is oh yeah, Mart uh, has won their first 14 games by an average of 41 points a game. That seems good. Uh, now, now, let's talk about the first 24 minutes of the Love Lady game. Had my eyebrows raised. It did. It was 20 to 10, Love Lady at half. Yes, I would love. That's got to be the first time they've trailed at half since the title game. Yeah, right. Since oh, Albany, yeah. and probably like. I bet it's on one hand you can count the times they've trailed at halftime in the last five years. Maybe when they played Refurio down in Refurio Maybe. in the regular season, but yeah. Because yeah. the Winthorpe game in 2020, they didn't trail until no, the very end. Absolutely not. Um, so now here's the thing uh, they did score 41 unanswered. Yeah. So that seems okay. And it's, it's classic Mart stuff to Montreal Medlock. J.D. Bell, their defense with Abram Ross is very good. They put the clamps on him in the second they half. They did. Yeah. They shut him out in the second Locked half. Him they up. outscored him 47 nothing in the second half. Did Lovelady write a script for Chilton? Because Lovelady played ball control, mm-hmm. and they came up with a couple, of, a couple of stops. And that is, if you think about it, that's the way to beat 
if, if you're not Albany, yeah. that's the way to beat Mark. Winthorst did. Winthorst did it. Fall City did it in 2020, 2020? 2021. 2019? 2019. One of those. Uh, Fall City did it. That's how you do it. And Chilton can do it. DeCorey mm-hmm. and Evans runs the ball well. They can throw. Isaiah Red is a true dual threat. He's fun to watch back there. Here's the funny thing about this, about Chilton, who, who you want to talk about statement stuff. 53-7 last week over Fall City. Goodness gracious. That was that was a butt kicking. Yeah, uh, did not expect that. Chilton the last two weeks beat Granger forty five nothing, Fall City fifty three seven. They are playing at a really high level right now. Now, Mart has the pedigree advantage undisputedly, and they are very good in semifinals against Region Four. Region Four has usually not been too much of an issue for them. No, lost to Fall City once, right? Yes, Mart's been here. They've got the advantage. The funny thing is, though, and here's a take, Chilton's more battle-tested. Like, they've played, they've walked a tougher path yes. through a tougher region in yes. Region 4, a mm-hmm. deeper region. Better district, better region, yeah. But I think Mart would win Region 3, or Region 4. Yeah, I right. So. That's where I'm at on this. I like Mart. I think the speed is a little bit too much, and, and, and just the, the weaponry for Mart is a little bit too I think much. Chilton's the one team that in, down there that maybe can match Mart yeah. stride for stride. I think the big game experience here. I think you're right. Mart's been, Mart's been in these moments. They know how to play in these moments. They know how to get big it Big stadium so. down there in Belton. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That closes out 7 o'clock. We move to 7.30 Friday night. 5A Division One action. State semifinals after dark. At Midlothian ISD Stadium, the site of the 2011 cover shoot of Dave Campbell's Texas football, Jonathan Gray and Cyrus Gray. The first ever thing like trip I did for Dave Campbell's. Really? Yeah, huh. I met Cyrus Gray and Jonathan Gray, and I got to meet um, uh, Jerry Gray, Jonathan's dad. Biggest hands I've ever like, just the meatiest hands I've yeah. ever met. It's incredible. As, nice guy. Very nice. Very guy. nice guy. As Jonathan Gray's team, <laughs> the Alito mm-hmm. Bearcats, mm-hmm. Uh, back in the state semifinal as they take on the Forney Jackrabbits. In the, Shout out to Jeff Fleener and the Forney Jackrabbits. In the semifinal for the first time since 2002. Uh, and they were a 3A school. And just what a, what a great story they've been. And last week, <clears throat> I mean, you can make a real argument game of the week. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, 53-51 over, over Lancaster in double overtime. What's so interesting, if you take a look, because you remember their first matchup was a two-point one or two point. One point game. One point overtime game. Overtime win over Lancaster. Miss PAT. Yeah. yeah. One point overtime win over Lancaster. This time they win a two point double overtime win over Lancaster. They played the same game twice. Yeah. Basically. This one's a little more high scoring. Yeah. The key Forney Lancaster dominated the stat sheet in that game. Forney had a kickoff return for a touchdown, and Oregon commit Aaron Flowers had a pick six. Mm. Those are the two kind of game changing plays in that game. Um, I will say this about Forney. Um, I think their defense is a little underrated. Oh, they're great. With, with Flowers and Kelvion Riggins, they're really good. They're really good, but it's like, I, I will say this, because we'll talk about Alito in a moment. The path for the upset, and it would be an upset. It would be. The path would be, I think you got to lure Alito into a shootout. And you got to let Javion Osborne cook, and you got to get Kyle Crawford and that 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 you got to let like Fleener's got to get in his bag. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I think they I think they got to score to the forties to win this game. Now, they're taking on Alito. Uh, they looked like Alito last week. 
the machine. We're online. The machine is online. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, Racing Guillory. This game features two of the top 2026 running backs in Texas. And Guillory and Jamie and Osborne. Racing Guillory. Hoss Haney. Uh, Hawk Patrick Daniels. The defense. Davon Keys, the linebacker slash short yardage back. He had three touchdown rushes last it's week. All, it's yeah. all working for Alito right now. Mm-hmm. Like they are in the, they are in full bloom right now. Um, I just don't – I'll just say this. I just don't think Alito's defense lets it get into a, a shootout. No. I'm bringing this back to Everman a little bit. Here we go. <coughs> uh, you know, Alito's last district loss course, was, was to Everman. E-Block. You know who Forney lost to in that 2002 state semifinal game? I don't know, Matt Steph. Who, who was it? E-Block. <laughs> you know who the quarterback of that Forney team was? Here's a, here's a blast in the past. Caleb Haney. Oh, no way! Former Chicago Bear, Colorado State. Oh, Caleb Haney wow. was the quarterback of that Forney team. How about that? That lost to Everman at Texas Stadium. Yeah. Shut up. So there you go. That's my Everman fly. I, I think Forney keeps it close, but Alito's got too much. I think I think that's right. I think they pull away. I don't pick against Alito yeah. in, in, late in the playoffs. So, you know, you, you don't make a living doing that, yeah. and I ain't doing it. So Yeah, I put, I put Alito on upset watch last week against Abilene, and uh, – not this week. Yeah. Nope. Not this week. I do not think that they uh, – I think Forney is a clear underdog. They could do it. Again, the path is probably just like get in your bag. Get in your bag. Crazy guy to fight. Crazy guy to fight. Crazy guy to fight energy. Yeah, exactly. We will round out Friday <laughs> at 7.30 p.m. Friday at the Field in Pflugerville. Host a lot of games this week. Yes, they sure are. Big week for the field. As one of the very rare – Matchups of unbeatens. How many do we have? Gunner Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it? North Shore Westlake. North Shore Westlake, and this one, as the fourteen and zero Belleville Bramus champions of Region Three take on the fourteen and zero Wimberley Texans in a four A Division Two slugfest. Yep. And um, this game is. Fun for a lot of reasons. First, first take. Here's just right out of the shoot. Doug Warren, one of the most underrated coaches in Texas. Every year he's got Wimberley in a semifinal. Do you know least. this is their fifth semifinal in seven years. Yeah. Un- unbelievable. Yeah. And it's consistent. They're consistent. They are, and they have been. The, the names change, the faces change, and that, but Wimberley doesn't change playing December football. They have cruised through Region Four once again. Um, Average margin of victory of 40 points. Yeah, last week's 38-13 win over Sinton was a relati- close. A relative close game. Yeah. And I've said this before, Cody Stover, he's taken such a step yeah. as a quarterback. When Cash McCollum, when his dad got hired on staff at China Spring, everyone was like, oh, Wimberley's going to take a step back. Cody Stover comes in last year and just leads into a state championship game. Yeah. No big deal. And he's been the guy this year. He's done a great job. 300 yards of offense, four touchdowns last week. He He's that guy. That Wimberley offense is going to face a test this week. So let this, me, so, this Belleville defense. So let me tell. Let me ask you something. When's the last time Wimberley played a team in their weight class, in your opinion? Because I know when I think it was. San Antonio Piper. I'd say Brock. They played Brock in week three. Oh yeah, but they played Brock after. Right that, after yeah. Piper. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Week three. It was three months ago. Yeah, it's been a while. Okay, and and so they did cruise through Region Four. All due respect to Region 4, I think Region 4, not as strong as Region 3. No. no. <laughs> not great. Region 4 is not great. And not deep, not great. Belleville is 
the most dominant team in 4A Division II. Not an opinion. And they're coming out of a tough region. Uh-huh. And Belleville has navigated wins over West Orange Stark, Madisonville, Silsby, and Jasper. And guess what? None of those four games were particularly – Jasper last week, 31-7, to was close. Yeah. Um, they have the number one scoring offense in 4A Division Two. They have the number one scoring defense in 4A Division Two. <coughs> they actually have the second largest margin of victory of all teams in Texas at 49 points a game. That slot T is nasty. It's mm-hmm. nasty. They got three guys, D.D. Murray, Sam Renicki, and Corian Hood. Mm-hmm. They have combined for 5,000 yards and 79 touchdowns. That seems good. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they have an animal in the middle of that defense. Yeah. If you've never seen DJ Sanders play, he is he is a defensive tackle. It's fun to watch. He is. He's, he is in that Ed Oliver, Ndamukong Sue, yeah. Warren Sapp. Like those you pay guys. the price of mission to watch yes, him. For what to watch him. Yeah. He's a guy that your eyes are drawn to. He is just ragdolling people. Yeah. How well does Wimberley slow down the slot team and how well do they match up up front? That's the whole ballgame for me. I will say Wimberley ha- so they have a st- Navarro is in their district. Mm-hmm. Wimberley plays Navarro every year. Yep. And sometimes twice a year. Yep. So they, they are familiar with the slot T. Now, Belleville runs it a little differently than Navarro, and they've kind of got better athletes than Navarro does. So, But at least it's not foreign to Wimberley. Yes, it's not, yeah, this is not hieroglyphics. Yeah. This is not like, honestly, it's not like when South Oak Cliff played Liberty Hill in the title game back in 2021. Yeah, they were having to learn a new, a new language in a week. New language, exactly. Yeah. This is not that. With that said, I, I think that Belleville's defense is the difference here. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they can get pressure on Stover, I think the rest of it takes care of itself defensively. Yeah. And I I like Belleville. I like Belleville in this one. I think it's I think it's a fascinating ball game. Mm-hmm. I like Belleville in this one. I'll close out Friday, Matthew. There's only four games on Saturday. We'll be up here working on our state championship preview. Y'all will be. We will be, not you. You'll no. be out. I'll You'll be working be. too though. Yeah, I know. You will be. But we moved to Saturday. We need to uh, – I, I see it. Don't uh, worry. The chain okay. – Yeah, I got it. They Don't changed worry. the game time on Yeah, you sent me you sent me poor information. Let's go Saturday, 2 o'clock at Eagle Stadium in Southlake. Or I'm sorry, in, in Allen. Allen, yeah. Involving Southlake's South playing. As the 13-1 Southlake Carroll Dragons – Take on the 13 and 0 defending 6A Division II state champion DeSoto Eagles in a 6A Division II state semifinal. And here's what I love about this game: these are two teams, brand names, right? Mm-hmm. Big brand names in the DFW Metroplex state championship pedigree, and they're both playing their best football at this very moment. And they're playing in a brand name stadium. Brand name stadium. This is everything big and mm-hmm. dumb and wonderful about Texas high school. For sure. For sure. Um. Let's talk about South Lake Carroll. Do you think they took the Byron Nelson loss personally? Did you see Riley Dodge's post game comments? I did. <laughs> yeah. Dude, so he said it's so it's so funny because I picked Byron Nelson last week. Mm-hmm. It's and I was sitting there uh waiting to do post game with mm-hmm. waiting to do scoreboard there in Hardigan. And he goes, I just want to send a shout out and I go, Here it comes. Like he's gonna he's gonna be like Greg Tepper for picking <laughs> against idiot us. Greg Tepper. Which we're Greg used to Tepper. it. You're used to exactly. it. Yeah. I am. Yeah, exactly right. He would have just texted me that anyway. Um, but he but then he like it was like 
The whole city of Trophy Club. The whole city of Trophy Club. <laughs> Byron Nelson High School for giving us bulletin board yeah, material. Uh-huh. I don't know what it was. I guess they were just talking mess after the game. Yeah. And uh, they kept receipts. They did. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A 50, they cashed them in. A 56-7 to win over Byron Nelson. A bludgeoning. That honestly was not that close. They could have had 100 if they wanted it. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting about South Lake Carroll this year and partially the guy at the, call, the guy on the sideline on the headset is to blame for it. We think of them as his quarterback factory, right? We think of them as his quarterback factory. Mm-hmm. And I like Graham Knowles a lot. He's committed to Georgia Tech. Good player. Yeah. Good player. They are at their best when they run the ball. And last week, Riley Wormley and Davis Penn mm-hmm. got unleashed. And they ran, they ran like hell. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was fun to watch, and that defense was flying around South Lake Carroll. That was a that was a, oh, I think that is about as perfect a game. That was a virtuoso performance. I think that's about as perfect mm-hmm. as they can play mm-hmm. against a really good Byron Nelson oh, yeah. team. Now they're playing DeSoto, mm-hmm. and another, just, another level up. This is a level up. DeSoto. I mean, they 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 beat up on Cedar Hill. Congratulations, Cedar Hill, a great year. Yeah, Coach Nick Ward did a great job t- turning them around from two and eight to the fourth round of the playoffs. Impressive. Really impressive. But this was this was. But their arms were not bo- long enough to box with God. Um, as they got pummeled again, 59-16. Is Tiger Ryden the most important player in Texas? He's really important to DeSoto. Because I think that without him, they were a really good defense, a really good offense, a mm-hmm. really good team. And with him... They are just like they go from really borderline good, unstoppable. On they offense. go. How do you stop their offense? I don't know because if it's not Tiger Ryden, then it's Marvin Duffy, and it's not Marvin Duffy, then it's DJ Bailey, yeah. and if it's not DJ Bailey, he's getting the ball out to Dalen Singleton and Booby Feaster. Yeah, and if it's not them, it's the defense. It's or TJ TJ Pride's their number three receiver, and their offensive lines massive. It is just, it is just shocking what yeah. they've been able to do. Um. So it's two teams playing their best game right now. What is interesting is I do think that Carroll up front does match up pretty well against DeSoto. I think they can block DeSoto and get off blocks. I think they can too. I think you're right. This game has big 2020 Southlake Duncanville energy to me. Mm. Mm -hmm. Just kind of have that. I'm not picking it though. Yeah. I'm taking DeSoto. They're the champs. Yeah, they they've done nothing yeah, to prove otherwise. But this is going to be a, cl- a lot of people. A lot of people in the southern sector feel like DeSoto is going to roll Southlake in this game. They ain't rolling Southlake. I think DeSoto wins a 41-27 type game where they score late to put it away. It's a, it's a one score game throughout. This is going to be this is going to be a good ball game. I want to see if Southlake can run the ball against DeSoto. That's a big. If they can't run the ball, it's over. Yeah. Like if if De- you don't want Caleb Abrams. Pin, uh, pin, in his, pin in his ears and back. And by the way, by the way, they've already slowed down Caden Durham. You know yeah. what I mean? So if they can't if they can't run the ball, it's bad news. And can DeSoto make South like Chase? Because I think basically Byron Nelson is the only team to make them chase. Correct, yeah. And I think that like that's when they that's when you can really take advantage of, mm-hmm. of where they're weak. I like DeSoto, the the stamps champs deserve the, the benefit of the doubt. I do agree with you. I think this is a close game. And I think it's going to be a really fun match up there at Eagle Stadium. Then, let's go to 3 p.m. 3 o'clock Saturday at Mesquite Memorial Stadium. Ah, For my money, a top three venue in Texas high school. Love that place. Love it. 
as the 14-0 North Crowley Panthers take on the 12-1 Duncanville Panthers in a matchup, in, in a game where North Crowley, if you want to announce your arrival, here's your chance. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is a statewide statement game. You have, got, you have got your ticket to the dance. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yeah. Now you got to show out because you get a chance at the defending champs. Yeah, you get, you, you're, tang- you're tangling with the biggest of the bullies here. Absolutely, the biggest yeah. of the boys. And North Crowley last week took on a big bully in Allen, a team that's mm-hmm. used to, to do big bully. And, uh, and credit to Allen. Man, they really, really played well down the stretch. I think, that, I think, I think Lee Wigginton did a hell of a job yeah, with Allen. They year. really did. They're, they're, they played to their strengths and did a great and, and hung around with North Crowley for almost a full 48 minutes. Yeah. North Crowley late had to pull away. They did. But the offense for North Crowley was hitting. Yeah. Chris Jemerson, mm-hmm. Ashton Cyril, they're, they're running back, and then that, that Cornelius Warren. Yeah, Warren had been out for about six weeks with the injury. They got him back, so now you have Cyril and Warren. Warren is kind of their big-time running back recruit who takes the top off the defense. He, he's dynamic. North Cry's offensive line was good. The defensive line, I think, did struggle, but I think it, uh, talking to Coach Gates earlier today, he felt like they were some things that, that wasn't they didn't, they didn't get physically dominated. It was more about run fits mm-hmm. and, and the scheme than than anything else. But those run fits got to be solid this week. Oh yeah, because Caden Durham, that's a one cut and go back, and all he needs is a crease. Yeah, and if you give him a crease, he's through it and he's gone. Hey, remember last year when Spring Westfield gave Duncanville trouble? Mm-hmm. Duncanville didn't forget. Duncanville they were focused forget. and locked in on this one. That first we played, the, we had the play on TFT. I think you saw it, where the first touchdown for Duncanville, where like Keelan Russell's under pressure, mm-hmm. he's under pressure. He kind of spins away from it. He retreats like ten yards. Then he keeps his eyes downfield. He finds DeCorey and Moore. DeCorey Moore makes like three men miss, runs in for a touchdown. Yeah. And I'm like. What in the world are you supposed to do with that? Yeah. And Westfield didn't help with four turnovers yeah. in the first half. Yeah. I mean, it was 42 nothing in the first quarter. It was it, over. It was 56-6 in the second quarter. Yeah. It was just, yeah, complete was, obliteration. Keelan uh, Russell has been so good for them. Caden mm-hmm. Durham has been so good for them. DeCorian Moore has been so good for them. Colin Simmons, I mean, they're the loaded. Name, Alex January. They're loaded. The names, the, the safety they got, it's really, I can't remember his name. He's a great player. They're, they're loaded. They're loaded. Now, when you play Duncanville, this game comes down to one thing and one thing only. How well do you match up up front? Mm-hmm. That's it. Because that's that's a whole ballgame. Because if you do not match up well up front, the game is over. Duncanville's going to sit on you. They're going to sit on you. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I think North Crowley is on the very short list of teams that actually do match up with Duncanville fairly well. Yeah, I think North Crowley, on paper, can push Duncanville. Now, there's a lot of variables here because you got a big game environment, and North Crowley for the first time is going to be looking across at someone who, who is, this this is not something North Crowley is used to. No, probably more talented. Uh-huh. So how does North Crowley adjust and adapt? Looking, Duncanville's looked in the mirror before. They yeah. they look they they played DeSoto. They played North Shore in the state championship game. North Crowley is looking in the mirror for the first time. Mm-hmm. How do they respond? How do they react in this big game environment? It's going to be a big game environment in Mesquite. It's going to be a big crowd. That's why they're playing in Mesquite because they, yeah. they're anticipating a large crowd for this game. And Mesquite holds 19,000. I think the Duncanville defense is the difference maker here. The Duncanville defense, and I also think it's uh, this is a Caden Durham 
breakout game. Like, I think they're going to feed him a lot, and I'm not sure that North Crowley can slow him down for 48 minutes. I do think this game has a chance to be interesting, but I think you got to go with the, the defending champs here. Yeah, I think they've got to be the favorite. Let's then figure out what the rest of the 6A Division One title game is going to f- at the same time. 3 o'clock Saturday at the field in Pflugerville. It is another matchup of unbeatens, and it's another rematch as the Galena Park North Shore Mustangs at 14-0 take on the Austin-Westlake Chaparrales at 14-0. It's a top-five matchup. It's a showcase showdown. It is, uh, I mean, this is this is, this is third, big, Third awesome, meeting in four years. Big, awesome high school. It's a, Yeah, it's a rubber match, too, mm-hmm. right? Just mm-hmm. uh, Westlake won in 2020. Mm-hmm. North Shore returned the favor in 2022. Correct, yeah. And now here in 2023, the rubber match. Okay. Well, let's talk, we'll talk about Westlake first. Um, Westlake, they, they, they took down Lake Travis last week, 21-14, and it's just kind of what Westlake's been about this year, which is Jack Kaiser in defense. Yeah. That's it. That's what they're about. They're Jack Kaiser. They're not flashy. No. They're not... They're not Sexy. No. They're just solid. Yeah. Um, it is a it, it really is. It's it they're solid as the day is long. And Kaiser's the heart and soul of that defen- oh, that team. Mm-hmm. And Elliot Shaper leads that nasty defense as fourth and six A in scoring defense. And uh you're never gonna believe it, but Tony Salazar is putting together a defense. He's done it again. He's done it again. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. It's, he, he keeps he keeps doing it. Yeah. Like unbelievable. It's almost like he's good at this. So here's North Shore. And North Shore also wins a rematch last week. They beat the Tascosita. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both teams won't beat district opponents last week. And the talent here is unmistakable. Caleb Bailey, an unbelievable group of receivers. Mm-hmm. Chris Barnes, Dion DeBlanc. Yeah. John yeah. Yeah. Dre Hardeman, their running back, I think, is woefully underappreciated. It's a savage defense led by Devin Sanchez. His defense is great. So here's something we need to talk about that we haven't had to talk about. We talked about this on the phone on Saturday, Friday, when you called me and you had you oh, all, yeah. you all pent up about high yeah, school football. All, I had football. I had football blue balls on Friday night. You need to talk about it. For the first time in probably six years, we have to talk about something with with North Shore, and that's a little bit of inconsistency. Yeah, at least in the first half, mm-hmm. because okay. By district round, Deer Park, they're up 14 7 and a half. Correct. Clear Springs, area round, 14 14 and a half. Last week against Tascosita, they, they dominated Side Fair. We talked about that, about how it was their best performance to date. Tascosita, they're now 14 6 and a half. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 they outscored their opponents 90 to 28 in those three games mm-hmm. in the second half. Mm-hmm. And they won. And it all matters if you're staying in the left hand column. But it's something to keep in mind because if they start like that against Westlake, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Yeah. They've got to come out of the gates fast. I'll give Atascocita a little credit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've, they've played North Shore so much, mm-hmm. and most of the games have been blowouts. Atasca's too good to get blown out. They're going to come up with a close game against mm-hmm. North Shore occasionally, and they, they had a great game plan. They hit a 95-yard touchdown pass, like on the first series of the game. That kind of opened things up a little bit. So credit to them. They made a play. North Shore's not the same team up front. North Shore might be better at the skill spots than they've been ever, but up front they're just not as good. They're still good, but not elite in the trenches. And I think that's why that's why you're seeing the inconsistency, 
because they're not a lot of especially offensively a lot of holding penalties mm-hmm. so here is what has been consistent for North Shore their defense mm-hmm. and this is why I think North Shore is a pretty clear favorite in this game Westlake's offense mm, mm, it's okay yeah. it's okay but North Shore, I think North Shore's defense is, has a chance they might they might sit on them. They might sit on them. And it, I think North Shore, let's put it this way. I think North Shore's defense is as good, at least, as Lake Travis's. Right? Is mm-hmm, that fair? Mm-hmm. And Lake Travis held them to 21 points. Do you think Westlake's holding North Shore under 21 points? I don't yeah. think so. That's the difference. North, Shore, North Shore's defense is going to hold Westlake in check. Westlake, eventually North Shore is going to make plays. That's exactly it. But... Don't start slow if you're North Shore. Don't mm-hmm. F around and find out because Wesley's good enough to beat you, especially that defense. And in, anyway, you go back to the way that that game went the first time they met in 2020. It was all about that Wesley defense. They made right? some big plays early, jumped out to a big lead. Exactly, and, and held, held on. on. Mm-hmm. That is the path for Westlake here. I think North Shore's your favorite, but the path is there for Westlake. Well, then round it all out, and I'm real mad at these two coaches <laughs> for playing at 4 o'clock because I've got, I've got previews to write. 4 o'clock Saturday, the final semifinal. We'll punch our final ticket to AT&T Stadium. 4 o'clock Saturday at McLean Stadium in Waco in the 6A Division II state semifinal between the Cibolo Steel Knights at 13-1 and and the Humble Summer Creek Bulldogs at 13-1. and Welcome back to the state semifinals in big school football San Antonio. Absolutely. It's good to, it's good this, to see you. This is great. I'm really glad it's San Antonio versus Houston. It's fun. We've said this before. High school football in Texas is better and healthier whenever we have San Antonio in the mix in big big mm-hmm. boy showdowns like. And this. we do this year. We have three San yeah. Antonio teams, which is great. It's a lot With of Davenport, Smithson Valley, and, and Steel. So this is, um, I mean the the when when the brackets came out, the right side of the D two bracket did feel like there was a vacuum, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the power shifted over the D one bracket, um, and these two teams. Stepped up and took took advantage of that. Cibolo Steel, I thought last week against against Dripping Springs, I'd call it gritty. I thought that was a gritty win. Yeah, because Dripping Springs was, had the stomach for the fight, and they, they, they were there in the mix. Steel made some big plays. Their defense had just came up with a stop late to get the yeah. win. But it, it got dicey there. It did. Oh, for sure. But they, they made plays. The skill talent on this team is undeniable. Undeniable. They're loaded. Chad Warner, Jalen Cooper. I thought Jonathan Hatton getting going, their running back, was really that important was for them. That was huge for them because they did not run the ball well against Harlan. Yeah. Um, and they've got dudes all over the field on defense, too. Williamson, Alvin Carter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're loaded. Let's talk about Summer Creek. They got a real scare last week against Hightower. <laughs> they were down 11 midway through the fourth quarter. It was over. Yeah. And like it was a pick six, took it back. It was like thirty-one twenty. Mm-hmm. I think at the Summer time. Creek had to had to rally and got a got a benefit of a a, a, sh- a questionable call, of a fake punt they stopped. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a questionable officiating call. It was just yeah. a, you know coach's call there. Um, talking to Summer Creek people, they felt like that was the worst game they played all year. But also, Hightower's pretty good. Hightower's pretty good. I mean, they're twelve. And, they finished twelve and two. They're really really good. Mm-hmm. I think Summer Creek. Their their secondary is going to get tested. Steel matches up at the skill positions. Yes, they do. And by the way, Hightower kind of lit them up through the air last, last yes. week. Yes. So I think where Summer Creek has the big edge is their front seven on defense. They've got to get after yeah. Chad Warner and make him uncomfortable and let him know they're there. And then offensively, run the ball. Yeah. A lot of Lloyd Avon. A lot of Lloyd Avon. 
I think that's the key. That's 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 the path for Summer Creek in this game. I think that's right. Uh, in the trenches and on defense, old school style football. I, I want to see if Steele can slow down Avant, and can Summer Creek come up with stops against the pass? Because I think I think if you're Steele, you're watching that tape and you're going like, we're a better passing offense in Hightower. Mm-hmm. We can light it up. We can yeah. we can throw the ball. Um, I like Steele. Wow. I like Steel. I've come around on it. I was all about Summer Creek. Last week's defensive performance has me spooked. Has sure. me a little spooked. Um, I'm going. I'm. I'm. I'm going with Steel. I'm going with Summer Creek. I think. I think Summer Creek's edges in the trenches and on defenses. They'll play better this week. I'm going to go with Summer Creek. Great neutral site game at McLean it Stadium is. too. By the way, good way to round out yes. state semifinal. And I'll be there. That's all. Twenty games. That's all of them. We did it. We did it. Hang the banner. Why don't you tell the people? Remind the people where you're going to be this week. Thursday night, I'll be at the Woodlands for Timson and Garrison. Or <laughs> Timson and Ganado. <laughs> Timson and – I'm tired, y'all. I know. Timson and Ganado. Uh, then Friday, I will head to Waco for Chapel Hill and Davenport at McLean Stadium. I'll get me a nice little cozy hotel room in Waco Friday night and then uh, maybe go visit Chip and JoJo before the game nice. Saturday. Yeah. Actually, they do have a restaurant that I would like to try for breakfast. Mm. Yeah, there. they do have a restaurant. We've driven Mag- by it. My wife's like, we should go. And I'm Magnol- like, no. Magnolia Table. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right on the circle there. Uh, and then uh, send your Waco food recommendations to me. Matt.step at Texas Food. Oh, yeah. Peanut butter chocolate shake. Oh. And go to Papa Rolo's Pizza. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's my pizza. The is, weirdo- that, is that the creepy clown yeah, pizza? Yeah, creepy clown yeah. pizza, yeah. <laughs> uh, Friday. So Friday, Chapel Hill, Davenport. And then Saturday afternoon, I'll close it out with Summer Creek and Steel. And then uh, I'll start working on state championship. We'll have texasfootball.com backslash state. state. Uh, and all of our state our, coverage. Our goal, our goal is noon on Sunday. Our goal on, is noon on Sunday. If Summer Creek and Steel would have scheduled their game like 3 o'clock, like, you know, like normal people. I'm kidding. That's fine. Do whatever you guys it was, want. It was almost going to be 7 o'clock. Oh, don't do that. It's almost a doubleheader. Ugh. Anyway. Um... Yeah, that is going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Scriber. Remember, next week we'll have four episodes of Tep and Step for you. Four Tep and Steps? We'll have, daily, we'll have daily previews for you, so make sure you tune into that. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tep and Steps.